You are now tuned into The Bunt, the number one podcast in skateboarding, brought to you by the number one shoe in skateboarding. <laughs> Off the wall since 1960, motherfucking six. <laughs> Y'all guessed it. I'm D Jones. I got my main man, the ghost, with me. As always, we got Ants One behind the scenes. It's a cool thing. Still. And ghost. I throw this term around lightly, but today it ain't so light, baby. We got a legend in the game in the studio this week. Tell them what we're working with. Oh man. Finally, the word used correctly. <laughs> it's T Ferg, baby. Tony Ferguson. Straight up Canadian OG boss, triple OG, you know what I'm saying? Super, super nice dude. Uh, it was great to have him on the pod. Excited for y'all to hear the convo. And we taking y'all straight to the post office. The voice notes were popping off. And then wrapping it up with some QB talk and little Nets fucking Philly. It's a good time, man. The rundown. Let's get it. Hell of an episode this week. But if you need more Bunt, make sure to follow us on Instagram at The Bunt Live. Subscribe to us on YouTube at The Bunt Live. Hit our website, thebuntlive.com, for every episode logged for your listening pleasure. And then, if y'all want to support us even more, please head over to patreon.com slash thebunt. Every little bit helps. This is the people's podcast, baby. We doing it for y'all. Ghost. We need to hear it, man. It's shout-out of the week time. Tell me you got something for us. Man, this week I actually popped off in skating. You yes, know, shout-out Oski and friends. Shout-out Cater fucking snapped. But, man, the one thing that just was mind-blowing as fuck, banger after banger, I got to give it to Braden Hoban. You know what I'm saying? Solidifying himself as a young legend as donald likes to say uh but no y'all gotta go watch uh, i think it's america's emerge video i saw it over on thrasher uh starts off with a couple other homies matisse and this kid jordan with the afro pick trying to start a new trend on some shit be careful man i might poke you fool but uh brayden hoban uh you're an absolute savage this man not only is he board sliding the biggest rails 50ing the longest curved fucking kink whatever the fuck rails but he's getting tech nar tech as fuck kick front nose grind that like legendary france hubba um flip back nose blunting you name it um that that was a jaw-dropping part so shout out to you man so like the ghost said we got the goat Tony Ferguson in the building this week. The goat? Can't now he's the goat? <laughs> <laughs> I got to switch up the adjectives, dog. Bro, legend yeah, is the it. perfect one. Okay? This guy. <laughs> Whatever, man. Just fucking let me put some respect on the man Dem's name. Just oh, throw it out sure. there. He's a beast. Um, <laughs> yeah. Tony Ferguson in the building this week. You know what it is. But before we get into the interview, 
Y'all know what time it is. It's Maker Pizza. Order online using the Maker app available on iOS or Android or head in store. Locations popping up all over the place. East side, west side, up north, Avenue Road, Bloor Street. It's everywhere, man. Ghosts, tell them what you ordered for dinner last night. Oh, man. I think I might have come up with the perfect order. (laughs) I went large Frank's best. They got all this dipping sauce, spicy, creamy garlic dipping sauce. Insane. A little baby gem salad just to, you know, make it feel like I'm not getting pure fat. healthiness. Two chocolate chip cookies, a couple ginger ales, and uh, had to wrap it up with some some of the garlic breadsticks, man. Ooh. Insane. Dude, Insane. that was garlic breadsticks. Mm. Mm. Oh. <laughs> Maddie Matheson. Shout out, Maker. We already know, but tell the people what you get when you fuck with Maker Pizza, man. This is literally the best pizza in the world. All right, y'all. Let's get this interview with the legend, the goat, a beast, Pop. (laughs) All right. We have the legend, Tony Ferguson, in the building today. Man, it is an honor. What's going on? Not much. Thanks for having me. Hell yeah. Stoked to be here. I just got to say, it's about time Donovan like uses the term legend very loosely. And uh, <laughs> it's been a while since I feel like someone actually was like a triple OG legend. Like Dono would call someone like learning how to kickflip in the Sahara Desert a legend if they came on the show. So, uh, <laughs> <laughs> just a nice guy, man. God damn. <laughs> Yeah, that it, it gets thrown around a lot. I don't know if I'm, you know, that. No, it was a bullseye today, man. I nailed it today. <laughs> Definitely. <laughs> Next week, I got to be a little smarter with what I say, I guess. <laughs> so, Tony, we start every show off the same. Hit us with your favorite skate moment and your favorite sports moment. Okay. Favorite skate moment. I have to go with uh, Keenan Milton, switch flip over the table at Lockwood. Ooh, damn. Just because, like, at that time, like, how far ahead it was, how, mm-hmm. you know, just smooth and finesse, like, you know, effortlessly he did it. Yeah, that, that stands out for sure. You were there that day? Was it a battle for him? I was there, yeah. It wasn't a battle. That's what I was just thinking about earlier. It's like, I don't remember Keenan, like, battling for any tricks. He just kind of, like, <laughs> jumped on his board. I, I don't think he broke a sweat, you know? It was like... damn. Jumped on his board and tried it a few times. He would never, like, go for something for a long time, you know? Fuck. That's probably why everything looks so good. Yeah, yeah. Those guys, like, were into, like, especially, like, him and Gino, like, not skating for a long time and then being able to, like, jump on your board and, like, do something like that was, like, dope to them, you know? That's incredible. (laughs) (laughs) I I wish it was that easy. Yeah, it's not. It's not at all. Yeah. I pride myself on the hard work, man. That's what, <laughs> that's the only thing that keeps me going. <laughs> me too. Um, and then and then sport moment. I mean, I would just have to say like Jordan. You know, NBA Finals. That last shot. You know, Game Six. That mm-hmm. Utah Jet. Like that's kind of what's burnt into my like for sports. Like you know that whole hell yeah that whole era. And the, the, the Bulls. sixth championship. Greatness. Yeah, the last championship. Yeah. Uh, shout out to the last dance because I feel like me and Donald were too young to like appreciate that at the time. Mm-hmm. But 
that was right. that doc allowed us to feel like part of that moment all these years later yeah how sick was that documentary so good eh? <laughs> so good top notch i heard there's yeah. one coming about brady really <laughs> i think those guys are trying to do one about tom brady no way sick that's cool yeah there's some follow from that though like it was sick for Jordan. It's his perspective, but like you see, like beef with Scottie Pippen. Oh yeah, like yeah. His teammates are like just not happy with how they were portrayed and right, whatever. But I mean, as a fan, I, I loved it for sure. Yeah, who was it? There was someone did an interview recently and said that Jordan and Pippen are done, done now, man. Like yeah. they're not, they're not talking anymore. Pippen's pissed. Like, I mean, rightfully so. But yeah, Charles Oakley said that. Yeah, that's like, who Bill was. Simmons asked him like. Do you think like they'll ever be cool again? And he said, "Nah, that's that ship has sailed." Really? Damn. Yeah, it's kind of sad. Anyways, back to uh, skating. Tell us where'd you grow up and how'd you get into skating? I grew up in Ottawa, Ottawa, Canada. Um, Sick. Yeah, like all around, like kind of that area. Moved around a bunch, but mostly in Ottawa is where I started skating. And yeah, I don't know. Me and my brother started skating. We just like found a skateboard, kind of borrowed it um, from a neighbor. We just kind of like, it was around that time, like 80s when it was crazy, like mid 80s, I guess, like Back to the Future, all that shit like had come out and <laughs> like, you know, the real like pro boards and that, just seeing seeing that and getting psyched. And yeah, that's when, that's when it started for me. Um, I was probably 12 or 13. Damn, I didn't know you were in Ottawa, OG. Yeah, That's sick. yeah, man. I lived in Ottawa like till I, I moved out to Vancouver with my parents, like in like the early '90s. But I grew up and started skating there, and then we'd always like travel to like you know like Toronto or Montreal, like street skating. Like always, just you know, mm-hmm. it's pretty small over there at that time. You could get around, yeah, sure. get bus around, and train and. Yeah, you know. damn, that's sick. I I was clueless. I always thought you were a West Coast man from the, from the start. No, yeah, for sure. So, what would you consider was your first big break in the skate industry? My definitely my first big break was um, at that time. I was I was in Ottawa. I went to Boston with a friend of mine to uh, to skate. There they had this like skate camp there, and you could just go. You could just show up, and there was a bunch of pros there. Like Tommy Guerrero was there, Sal Barbier. There was like a bunch of people, but I met those dudes and uh, end up meeting, yeah, Sal and Tommy, and they were both like super cool, and they were like, you know, trying to hook me up. Like it was either on Eighth Street or Tommy was riding for Powell at the time, and uh, nothing really came of it. And then I went back to Ottawa and. Like I think a couple months later, I got a call from from Tommy Guerrero. Like I gave him my number. I had a call yeah. from him, and he was like, "Hey, I'm starting this new brand called Real Skateboards." This is like before what? it started, <laughs> and he's like, "I want you to ride for it." And yeah, that was my first like hookup. Anything like I didn't I didn't really even know the other the skaters because I was like you know I was in Ottawa. I was kind of like seeing whatever's in the magazines. Like, but it was. Mm-hmm. It was like Henry Sanchez, like Solomon Aga, Sluggo, like all these guys like already on the team. Um, but yeah, that was my first first big sponsor break. That's epic. 
Damn, that's huge. And and it was cool because he was like my, you know, as a kid, he was like my idol, like Tommy Guerrero, you know, mm-hmm. Gons, Nonis. Like, that was, like, he was the dude. I was always like, so sick. You know, tried to be like or whatever. So I feel like that's one thing this generation doesn't really get is the satisfaction of those big phone calls, man. And like, did Tommy Guerrero call your house phone? Yeah. Like home phone, like home phone. Like mom my mom, picks like up or some guys yeah. on the, some guy Tommy's on the phone. Like I, I thought it was like a prank call at first. Like yeah. I mean, you must have thought he forgot about you because it took a couple of months. Eh? <laughs> yeah, because I think that he was like kind of already off, maybe getting off Powell, and there's all this stuff happening. But I was also talking to Sal Barbier at the time, and he was like, "We get you on H Street," but H Street at the time was like there was like a ten thousand amateurs on H you know there was like so many people like it was just <laughs> all I didn't know what to do and then I just yeah. waited and and I uh yeah like doing it hooking up with Tommy was amazing that was really cool such a funny and like risky thing to go with a brand new company not knowing where they're gonna go like what the trajectory is but yeah to look back and think that like you went with real and how long real's been around and still running and gunning is it's crazy right yeah they've done they're so good they've just stayed consistent and they're like the same you know mm-hmm. since day one yeah i i, I definitely appreciate always appreciate like tommy and jim what they did for me you know i wasn't on for a long time but like i, I always like appreciate that for sure so you grew up around some canadian legends on the west coast they'd later be known as the red dragons what was it like <laughs> skating with a young Colin McKay, Sluggo, Moses, and Rick Howard. <laughs> yeah, it was cool because I moved from Ottawa to Vancouver, and I think like the second day here, I met all those guys. It was like Rick Howard, Colin McKay, Moses, Sluggo, you know, and it, it just, they were all sponsored already. And, you know, they were just, they were, they were kind of crazy. They were little crazy kids, you know, but, uh, <laughs> Like all the like, you know, smashing shit and breaking things and like macing people like this. I wasn't into it at all, (laughs) but it was just it was just like what was happening. And like every day, like you go skating and you get in a fight or security guard would chase you or some people are chasing you because this guy smashed a window. And like it was just you had to be on your toes. We're always like moving. (laughs) You know, oh, so, macing people—that's that's aggressive. Yeah, mace, mace yeah. became. I think someone got beat up by a security guard, pretty bad, and then everyone started carrying mace, and they were just like, "Oh, we just mace the security guard." <laughs> I was just like, "Oh my, this is like the worst idea." So like, now all these Why spots not are not now all these spots guard. are completely ruined, and that's like <laughs> thanks to all of that that time. Like you know, like skaters were just like little. Yeah like shitheads you guys were you guys were in bc too so maybe that was bear mace who knows man <laughs> might have been <laughs> you might have been a part of the how skaters got that reputation man yeah totally crew running yeah. around i know it uh, wasn't me so was so so was rick howard like already kind of a skate celebrity back then going back and forth from la yeah he was he was like he was already pro so he was living Ooh. in he was living in San Diego, riding for Blockhead. It was like random company, but back then, yeah. like that was, yeah. So he would he would come up to Vancouver, come home to see his mom, and but he was already 
like pro and skating and so yeah it was uh, yeah i met him he was one of the first people i met too and we just kind of clicked and you know we we stayed in touch and yeah it was uh he was he was like a a, a bigger you know like part of you know kind of i guess my second big um hookup you know and mm-hmm. i owe a lot to him for sure how did you guys not get pulled into the rds vortex man <laughs> how did you guys like stay out of the ruckus i don't know i just kind of stayed away from it like i just wasn't i just wasn't into it i don't know i just felt like it just wasn't me you know like the people were like smashing people's property and i was like eh. like <laughs> <laughs> like i don't know i just me and me and rick were like kind of stayed away from it i i didn't i didn't really want to have that association you know like i wanted to mm-hmm. do things on my own i didn't want to be like a like a red dragon or like this little <laughs> thing like i was i and whatever I, all, i'm all friends with them and we skated together but i wanted to just kind Go of like separate myself from that yeah so the Slam City Jam contests were huge in Vancouver, probably some of the biggest contests Canada has ever seen. What were those contests like to the city of Vancouver, having all the teams come up there? And were there any memorable party stories? Oh, yeah. There was, like, a lot of stories, man. So many stories. Because, like, that that was a time when, yeah, like, every team would come to Vancouver. And, you know, it's pretty small downtown core and, like, every brand would have like crew skaters there and like the menace guys the girl guys the like whatever it was dc guys like everyone's just there and uh going out together skating together you know like it was uh it was a really special time and like it's funny because my birthday always fell on that weekend too and so did eric austin so it was always like the contest and then like birthday party like you know so it was just such a memorable time you know um Mm -hmm. but yeah there's there's so many crazy stories like we would go i I think like chefy got into a fight at like every single like place we went (laughs) you know by the end he was banned like couldn't go anywhere there was there was one time we went to this this club and like we're we're waiting in line and uh it's like sean in front of all of us and we had we knew the bouncer because he didn't let us in like last time or whatever it was. But this guy, like, we're waiting in line, and this guy has like this brand new Ducati bike. He's like sh- talking about it, S- like basically like you know like shining it up, like talking about it. Everyone's checking it out, and we get up to line, and and they're like, he takes one look at Sheffy, and he's like, nope, not you guys. None of you guys are coming in. And Sean just like takes a step back and like looks at him and just kicks his bike over. Like <laughs> things like like mirrors are like smashing on the ground. Like psh, the guy's like in shock. The dude's in shock and he, he just goes like straight into the straight into the club, doesn't say anything. And then he comes out with like these three huge dudes and instantly it's just like Sean fighting like three men. Like it was, it was nuts, and that 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 stuff would happen like on the regular. It was funny. Like we would travel, and like we'd be like, "Yeah, Sean's like, you know, if any any shit goes down, like Sean's got our back. You know, like Sean's <laughs> Sean's Sean's gonna take care of it. In any feel really comfortable." But then he started being yeah. like, 
man, like we're like our life's in danger. We're <laughs> we're getting into a lot of <laughs> beef here. Like maybe it's <laughs> that was like his his wild time. Like then he chilled out after that. But it sounds like he uh, would have fit right in with the Red Dragons, actually. <laughs> Just stayed up there. He liked that. He did. He did come up a couple times with me, and he's he was into it. He was dead. <laughs> he he partake. He partook in some of that shit for sure. So, why did the contest come to an end? I don't know if you have the answer for that or anything, but it just seemed kind of like sudden, right? Yeah, yeah. I don't, I don't know exactly. Like, I, me- I remember hearing like, like someone bought it and then they didn't want to do. You know, like there's like money involved mm-hmm. with. But they were. It was such a sick time. Like it was just. It was so good for the city and like, even yeah. all my friends in LA. They, that's like their older dudes now they're like that was the best memories you know like going to vancouver yeah. with everyone and like i said everyone just like come together no matter like like what team you're on you're hanging out with people like you know yeah it, it the was whole so skate cool. community in one city is just dope it was yeah. so good. i always wanted to go to one i actually went to the last one ever oh really it wasn't as popping as it used to be right it was in calgary the last right. one so. but i mean it was fun as fuck for me but uh definitely probably wasn't the same as like the og vancouver ones yeah Mm -hmm. yeah maybe not but someone's got to do those again someone's got to like like i I feel like it'd be so good this generation like you know like Mm -hmm. like a contest like that and just have everyone come together i get those ones in montreal are sick too they do they do a great job yeah that's probably the closest thing yeah yeah that gets everyone out Can you tell us about the Red Devil suit at Tampa? <laughs> I know what it was, but I don't re- really remember what I did. But there was um, <laughs> this was this was uh, <clears throat> this is where we first seen Stevo. So Stevo was doing like magic tricks and like <laughs> stuff in, in in like the intermissions at like Tampa M or Tampa Pro. He was like doing little things and like that's kind of where he was seen i think and he had this like we saw his bag and he had like a little like like we were looking at his stuff and like he had a little like red spandex devil suit for one of his like he was like lighting shit on fire and like but um i can't remember but i i I remember getting in the suit and like streaking around the like skate park (laughs) or something (laughs) i don't think he was like he wasn't like too happy (laughs) stole his bit yeah stole his thunder we talked about brands like Real, you know, holding it down for all these years since way back. And Stevo also still like didn't wasn't there just a new Jackass video? Yeah, a movie just oh, yeah. come out, yeah. Pop it Jackass off, man. forever, man. Yeah. Who, who knew that would last so long too? <laughs> right? <laughs> Dude, I heard Johnny Knoxville got brain damage in this last one. Really? Oh, no. He was like really hurt and he's like can't do no more stunts for Johnny Knoxville damn oh my god yeah but he's all right now uh i heard about a session way back in the day at emb when you were skating for real i guess you were going off that day because you received multiple offers to ride for other companies plan b and blind uh what made you leave real and make the switch to plan b yeah i mean not exactly multiple offers but yeah i was uh i was skating at, at emb like I was staying out there for a while, just being on real and um, skating there every day. And then it was a time of the back to the city contest. So like everyone was in town all 
every brand and skaters from all over. So I was just skating all day and uh, I met Guy Mariano and Tim Gavin and they were like talking to me. They were like, you, you should just, you should ride for blind. We'll get you on blind. Like do it, let's go. And I was, I was just nervous. I didn't know if I should quit or what I should do. And I, Rick was there, Rick Howard, and I was talking to him about it. And he was like, you know what, just, just chill. Don't do anything. Just, just, just don't do anything. And then like a, a couple of days later, he was like, hey, we want you to ride for plan B. Like we're going to get on a call with Mike Ternowski and figure it all out. Um, so yeah, that ended up, end up working out. It was pretty crazy. Yeah, either one, but it, it really worked out. And uh, it kind of came full circle how, like, Tim Gavin and Guy Marano, like, all got on Girl anyway, and, like, we're all friends. Like, it was uh, it was pretty cool. Uh, before Girl started, all the OG guys, you guys all left your sponsors and went on a trip together. Uh, but it was sort of like it started out as a Plan B trip, and then by the end of it, girl was formed kind of thing what's the story with that yeah so i mean the way yeah the way we ended up quitting we didn't even actually quit i don't think but we went on a tour that was yeah plan b world tour summer tour um and we set off from la and ended up like skating all the demos with like girl shirts and that's how people like knew about it where like they're like people are asking like what is this this thing what is this logo like you know but we just like we did the whole tour but it was actually like a the first girl tour basically <laughs> you know on the on the plan b credit card on the plan b but credit card it's crazy best and way I'll, to do it man yeah <laughs> it was funny about that time too it's like it's been talked about but like just how much product people were taking and like like we were leaving world that was like the last box you're ever gonna get you know like so like yeah. <laughs> when you're getting in the van to go like they had these like like massive boxes like i guess they were like double box like 20 boards like deep boxes <sighs> so people were taking like four or five boxes of Damn. product and just selling it like i swear like javante i think he bought a car like from the all the <laughs> shitty stuff <laughs> on that trip it. yeah Holy. So was there any backlash from Plan B and World? I mean, there was because, yeah, there definitely was. Um, you know, like, Rocco was pissed. I mean, I'm sure on the business side, like, they, they, I think they dealt with a lot of stuff. They tried to block, you know, a lot of things, but just ended up, you know, making it work. You know, I think, like, they were like, oh, these guys, like, don't sell to them. Don't buy their shit or whatever. And then, oh. and then they started. They started uh, that bitch company too, right? Rocco's brother, bitch, which was like a a take on girl, you know. Oh, so shit. wow, yeah. And it was like pretty personal, personal stuff. Like they were like, dude, I bet attacking, I would be fucking furious. Yeah, it was crazy. <laughs> I mean, that's crazy. Bitch didn't last long though. I never even bitch didn't that. last long. No, no. Seems like a couple ads, a couple ads, and like they were. It was just like way too personal. They were like attacking like Megan and Tim Gavin, oh, and just it was like too too much. Like you can't start a company yeah. from that. Like from yeah. hate. Yeah. From hate. Was yeah. there was there a team? Was there an actual? I think there was a team. 
I think there was a little team. There were some people on it. Yeah, there was. It's funny. In J- I seen in Japan a couple of years ago, like, like bitch, like pr- it was like still out. Like someone bought. <laughs> it was like, Damn. like bitch clothing and bitch boards. I was like, oh my god. <laughs> like someone bought the rights to it and still running it. Oh my god. <laughs> I feel bad for whoever some kid's dream was to get sponsored and it's like hey want to ride for this like vendetta company and right <laughs> and you're just you're just tied into this whole yeah, yeah. no idea what's going on you're like oh, so <laughs> finally got sponsored <laughs> <laughs> so fast forward a little bit in the first year of girl there was a trip to europe which could have ended up being pretty costly to the company you guys may have wrecked the distributor's van and we're selling a bunch of boards. Uh, tell us about that first girl trip in Europe. So yeah, the first trip was, um, yeah, like a lot of our first time to Europe, first time anywhere, you know, like we we were all in, we were like, there was like the whole girl team with no team manager. Rick wasn't there. It was just like a free for all. Like we were just, you know, I think like the oldest person was like Sheffy and he was like kind of like the leader, like running things. Like the first thing, like we were in Germany and they were going to drop us at our hotel and then go to this demo. Like people didn't even really want to skate the first day. They just wanted to like, you know, so we go to the hotel and we end up like being like, what? There's, there's like somebody in my room. Like what's going on? There's the bathrooms down the hall. Like this is... So it was like a hostel they were trying to put us in. And like Sean was just like, he had already been like on European tours from Plan B. Like he, you know, he's older than us. So he was just like, he was like to the, he went to the distributor and was like, you know what? He's like, no hotel, no skatey. Like go, go get us a hotel. And like instantly, like we, we ended up getting this like, you know, four star, five star hotel, like amazing place. Thank God for Sean. Yeah. Thank God for Sean. But yeah, we were like little pricks. Like we ran up phone bills. Like we didn't know any better. We're like calling people at home, like from the hotel room, right? Like (laughs) just like whatever. Like we didn't, we had no, there was no structure. And then we would go country to country and it would be a new, a new distributor, a new guy driving you around. But we kind of did what we wanted to do. And at one point we were like, yeah, like Eric was like, I know how to get to Amsterdam, I think. I seen it on the map. Like we should go. <laughs> so we like skipped one of the demos and like we drove ourselves like in Europe to like they were like seventeen years old. Like Damn. drove drove there drove to Amsterdam, got there, parked the van, got a hotel, woke up in the morning, the van was gone. So then we had to like <laughs> basically we had to tell the distributor where we were and like that the van was gone and we're not going to do the demo. Like, they they fucking hated us. They were just like, you guys are never coming back to Europe. That's it. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, and I think the van got kind of wrecked. Like, people just, like, tagging on the van. And, like, yeah, we were the little assholes. Yeah, a bunch of 17-year-olds with no team manager, man. I'm I'm glad you guys just made it back alive. Sean Sheffy in charge, man. I yeah. like it. Yeah. <laughs> That's how you do it. CHPO are proud to present When Least Expected, a mini documentary by Marcus Bengston made possible by Make Life Skate Life. In July 2021, work was completed on Beirut's first public skate park. 
by the NGO Make Life Skate Life and a crew of volunteers. In October, CHPO brand, as one of the co-funders, paid a visit. With Snoobar Skate Park as a base, they explored the city streets, spoke to local skaters, and attempted to ascertain where skateboarding slotted into the social milieu of a country racked by sectarian tensions and economic freefall. If you would like to watch this masterpiece, we suggest you head over to CHPO brand on Instagram and use the link in their bio. CHPO brand, doing it for the people. You excelled at playing a cop in the intro and the chocolate tour. How fun was filming that and uh, getting your acting chops on, man? <laughs> yeah, that was fun. That was really fun. All those, all those like skits with Spike were like I was always down to do those. You know, it was like something different. You know, mm-hmm. and uh, for that one, yeah, he had like it was funny because he he was like fully directing us, you know, and like coaching us through it and. It was yeah, it was a really cool experience looking back on it now. But yeah, it was crazy. We we rented, you know, I guess he 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 basically like was doing all this like video stuff and he'd have access and a, a whole crew of guys that were able to like just just do it and do it guerrilla style. So we would just like we'd have a cop car, like we'd have like the uniform, like we were just like going for it, no permits, nothing, you know, just like it was really fun though. So you pulled someone over, right? Like an, an actual like citizen? Do you, isn't there like a huge fine for that? <laughs> Maybe some jail time potentially? I think there is. Yeah, I, I remember doing that. <laughs> yeah, impersonating a police officer, I guess yeah, so. Yeah, that's a bad one, I think. Yeah. <laughs> I don't remember that really. Everyone's like, yeah, you were pulling people over and like just... <laughs> I think it was like some like teenagers like in a car and I was like uh, I was like stop the car and I was like keep yeah. it, keep it moving like come yeah. on what are you guys up to like <laughs> just like scaring them once you put that uniform on it's just natural man yeah I was trying to get into character you know but it was cool because we would we would get like like we did those skits but then like Spike would like, use us certain like commercials and like videos and he'd be like yeah come down and be in this like like video shoot or like commercial mm-hmm. and it was it was pretty fun we got to do all that stuff that's what i was gonna ask next is he actually casted you and rudy johnson to be in a nintendo commercial and you guys were football players am i right oh yeah 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 we were we were in yeah we were in a couple of those nintendo commercials they were like um yeah we were football players we were playing like stickball and I think, yeah, we played a bunch of different sports. We played a bunch of different characters. I think it was like Billy Valdez, me, Rudy. I can't remember who else. Maybe Eric. But yeah, we did that and like we did like Puff Daddy video all about the Benjamins. Yeah, we were in that that video because Spike was directing it and he was just like, yeah, we need extras. Like come down and be in the be in these scenes or whatever. So. That's Yo, I'm watching that, that as soon as we're done this. I love that song. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> spot them. Classic shit. It's the All About the Benjamins rock remix. That's the one Spike directed. It's pretty funny. Oh, yeah. yeah. Like, Eric, like, all of us were in that one. Chico, and <laughs> Costin, Keenan. It's That's pretty cool. dope. Yeah. Damn, how did I not know that? But was that the end of the line for your acting chops or what, man? You're down I think, there. yeah, that was... That was kind of it. I didn't really try and <laughs> pursue it too much. It was just like, you know, with him and whatever came up, I wasn't trying to do that, but it was fun. Cool experience. Cool experience for sure. Yeah. 
so you lived in a house with mike york and chico down here what were those times like man that's a epic crew right there yeah mike carroll and chico so it was like me mike carroll and chico brennis yeah it was yeah it was great it was amazing time like i lived with first i lived with um eric costin in la me and him and then i moved you when when he moved and i moved in with with mike and chico and we all lived on this like we all live on in this area in in hollywood like everyone lived within like a few blocks like like scott johnson lived there like so many people stevie lived down the street like deer deck like and when they we called it the campus it was just like a little skate campus are you on campus you moved in you good like <laughs> so it was it was pretty fun it was like a little neighborhood within you know la is like it's so spread out especially at that time you have to like be driving so it was mm-hmm. cool to have you know even people that like from new york didn't really drive like it was cool to have everyone like in and in this area you could just hang That's out dope. so having ridden for girl for so long you've been on tons of trips and spent a lot of time with some of skateboarding's greats we're gonna fire off a couple names and you tell us what comes to mind first whether it's a saying a quote or story whatever oh, whatever shit. you think okay let's start with uh costin for sure first thing that comes to mind about eric costin is he's one of the greatest of all time one of the best to ever do it First thing that comes to mind would be like, we used to call him dad. You know, he had a little like super cuts haircut and he was, you know, way more responsible than us. He owned a house, cars way before we did. So it was pretty funny. We used to call him dad. <laughs> Love it. What about Mike Carroll? Um, first thing about Mike Carroll is he's one of my favorite skaters with the best style. First thing to come to mind would be him drinking oldie and Hawaiian punch mixed together. Because that's oh. what they used to do down in Embarcadero. That sounds gross. Or him drinking Boone's wine. It just comes to mind and it's funny. <laughs> Hell yeah. Sheffy. Sheffy, what comes to me is uh, him in a blue wig. Um, <laughs> or like, you know, we were, we were in Munster and that... The, the contest in Germany and he was like he was like living underneath like he was basically like chilling underneath the like the ramps and like come out in a different outfit every like every heat <laughs> go in and put like a new hat on a new thing and he came out with like a wig on one time and like did his run it was just like amazing <laughs> oh man character Guy Mariano uh, first thing that comes to mind about Guy Mariano would be that he is one of my favorite skaters and he's just maybe the most naturally talented skater I've ever seen. Um, But yeah, the first thing that comes to mind would be like Gamo. You know, that was his tag name and him and Rudy used to like go out and tag and, you know, throw that up wherever we went all over the world. So it's kind of the first thing that comes to mind. What about Keenan Milton? just such an amazing guy you know like he he just he was just always happy you know he like lived every day to the max that was like him and uh yeah i don't know there's so many stories like i remember him coming like coming into canada whatever it was just like a border officer like hey did you buy anything like 
You know, everyone's just like, no, no, I just didn't buy anything. Keenan's like, yeah, man, I bought this chain, I bought these jewelry. <laughs> just like showing off to them, showing off to this girl that was a dwarf patrol. It was like amazing. <laughs> We're just like, Keenan, like. The opposite of what you should do. <laughs> yeah, he, he was amazing. He was great. That's cool. What about Brandon Beeble, man? Oh, man. Beeble? I didn't, I didn't know Beeble that well. Like, he kind of came on later, and I wasn't on a lot of trips with him, but he just has so much energy, you know, obviously. <laughs> He's just on another oh, yeah. level, you know. But uh, you, you get, like, like, just being around that kind of person, like, you get, like, he just, like, hypes everyone up. You, know? you feel the juice, no, man. You just feel the energy, and like all of a sudden you're just doing push-ups, like you're into it. <laughs> it's true. He's like showing you ways to do it. Like it's pretty funny. Oh, that's incredible, man. He's had a crazy glow up right now, man. Moved from LA to Miami. He's yeah, in his element down there in Miami right now. I've seen that. Yeah. You used to drive a lowered Acura that started to become a pain in the ass. I heard, man. What was the story with that car? <laughs> yeah i had that car i had this car um like an acura integra and it just kept getting stolen like over and over i swear to god it, it probably i think it got stolen like five or six times what and it, it would always get it back how <laughs> i don't know it'd just be like yeah we you get new rims and then all of a sudden like the rims are gone and then the car gets stolen like the next week the steering wheel got, like, I think at that time, like, especially in L.A., like, Hondas and, you know, like, everyone was stealing those for yeah. the parts. They were just, like, the cars to have and, you know, to steal, I guess. Like, and uh, I remember, like, the very last time, like, I was, like, it got stolen. And I was, like, oh, it's been, it's been like, a month and I get, like, the the full value for it back. Yeah. So I was gonna, I was just like, I'm getting a new car. And then they finally, they found it. And I was just like, oh my gosh. <laughs> <Fucking> <laughs> <hell>. <laughs> and it would get stolen like in front of my house, like a few times. It's just like, what the fuck? How did you get it back? The cops just tracked it down? Yeah, they found it like in a, in a like a parking, like they, they found it, like it had been towed after it was stolen or. And every time they just took one little piece off? Yeah, it? every time it was like something else like was, wrecked on it or like i had to replace something it's funny pain in the ass pain in the ass can you tell us about your company roan how's the journey owning your own shoe company been man yeah it's been fun it's it's uh i was doing some footwear stuff before um with a life that brand a life from new york Mm -hmm. um Mm -hmm. i got involved with them after skating and was like just like learning all the the footwear like we were we were doing like the license for the footwear so i was like learning like design and development and manufacturing of all that and i learned a lot there and it was just like you know i wanted to do my own thing and i started like just kind of like messing with different things like i I met this guy who makes these like beautiful shoes and handmade and i wanted to do like old you know skate shoes that i grew up with that were like important to me but not around anymore and like kind of recreate them and and that's kind of how roan started it was like a side project you know it was just like i do one shoe and then it wasn't really a brand it was just doing that and then you know i I would do that and uh just like put them online or whatever sell like 
one, one, you know, 100 pairs of this shoe or 50 mm-hmm. pairs of this shoe. Yeah, and it's just, it's, it's been a fun, you know, it was a long time. It was, it was always like a side project and I was consulting, doing other things. But yeah, it's kind of turned into like, like my main focus and yeah, Hell yeah. it's been fun, you know. Well, the shoes look incredible, man. I just want to say. Thank you. Appreciate that. Hell yeah. Um, a little bit back to skating. Can you take us behind the scenes on your kick front nose sesh, the ender in virtual reality? How good did that feel? Oh, man. That was cool. I don't know if I remember. I, I remember the time, like, because that was, um, you know, they all came up to film. They all mm-hmm. came up to Vancouver. Danny Way, um, Rick you know jake rosenberg was filming us and we it was like this crazy you know and then that ties back into the red dragons it was like this craziest time like all these things mm-hmm. were happening and filming um but yeah i think I, I can't remember how it i think those guys were just you know they were just going for it and i it was like a six session and just tried it i don't remember how long it took or anything but definitely felt good rolling away i think i was you know just like skating with them and filming with those guys probably just like pushed me to like you know make stuff mm-hmm. happen and like i said i didn't have very much time like i was at the end of filming i probably had like a few months and that was that was like the end of all of that so that was beast man flip front that was the fakie right thanks that was yeah. crazy Hell yeah. It's low. It's you see it now. It's pretty small, but it's probably even scarier because it's so small. <laughs> you know, that's an iconic spot, though. Yeah. Yeah, it is. It's still there. Yeah. Let's fast forward to another one of our favorite of your clips from over the years. Gap kick back tail, and yeah, right. Epic. Oh yeah. What was that session? Another like? iconic spot. Yeah. Yeah. That that's one of my my favorite things i think that i filmed just because it and it, it did take a while to do because at that time that's like jaquan i guess you mm-hmm. know like we used to call it beneficial because it was like you could only skate those those gap to ledges really but uh yeah we, we would go there all the time i would go there with mesa like every day like for a couple of weeks and it was like Damn. you get kicked out right away like it was like one try two tries yeah. you get kicked out so it just kept going and kept going i remember too that was kind of the end of filming for yeah right and i was like staying in la until i i couldn't leave until i got that trick basically and then, <laughs> and then yeah. one day it worked like the security guard wasn't there for a long minute and like it worked and it was like yeah that one felt good yeah, it was right. definitely put some work into it though when you had one or two tries, were you just going straight for flip back tail, or were you like, I got to yeah, back yeah. the back tail? No, no just yeah. get down to business. Yeah, yeah. Hell yeah. <laughs> you, you just have to try it. Yeah. yeah. That's how yeah. we like it. Yes, sir. So what's next for Tony Ferguson, man? What do you got in the pipeline for us? Oh, man. There's a bunch, yeah. I mean, there's I have a bunch of really like exciting things coming up this year, like with Roan and and myself so i don't know if i can talk about all of them but yeah i'm excited i'm excited i'm doing i'm doing a project with new balance um that comes out this year that's gonna be like i'm really stoked on um working with them and yeah we have some some other cool stuff i don't know hopefully more skating Mm -hmm. you know like just just skate i've been skating a bunch lately 
just trying to like keep it moving you know hell yeah man that's good to hear we'll keep our eyes and ears peeled for uh all <laughs> updates roan and t ferg man that's what's yes, up sir. Yo, 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 it's Rapid Fire with the Ghost. And this week, it's a pleasure to be brought to you by Real Skateboards and more specifically, Ashad Wear. It's time to hit up your local shop and try his signature twin tail shape from Real Skateboards that he designed to be skated the same in either direction. Just one less thing for you to think about, am I right? Just throw it down and get after it. Flip crook, switch flip crook, <laughs> it's all the same. It comes in four sizes, 8, 8.25, 8.3 slick, and 8.5. Ashad skates the 8.3 slick. Now available at Holistic, Tiki Room, 303, Sanction, Labor, The Drive, and many more. So do what you gotta do to get the new Ashad Wear twin tail shape from real. You dig? All right, Tony, little rapid fire. You know what I'm saying? Okay. Let's get it popping, bro. Favorite skater? Guy Mariano. Favorite video? Video days. Favorite video part? Guy Mariano Mouse. Favorite style? Keenan Milton. Which skater had the biggest influence on the way you skate? Jason Lee. Most talented skateboarder on planet Earth? Guy Mariano or Eric Costa. Favorite trick? 360 Ollie. Ooh. Hardest trick for you? Hard flip. Most illegal trick? Benny Hanna. <laughs> um, favorite clip you've ever gotten? Uh, the backside kickflip tail at Beneficial. Worst trend you've ever been a part of? <laughs> Worst trend? Uh, small wheels. <laughs> they were really small, man. Yeah. They're like bearings. Yeah. <laughs> Gnarliest trick you've ever witnessed? Eric's backside nose blunt down hubba. Oh, wow. It's too skate history. Yeah. What's the one trick that got away? I think a kickflip nose slide on, on a handrail. Like, um, Damn. that I it should have done. You know, it would back in the day. Yeah. Dang. What's the biggest bunt you've ever witnessed? <laughs> I don't know if this is considered a bunt, but Chico Brenes was so funny back in the day. One day he rolls up and told us he just shot a photo of a switch crooks on this windowsill ledge with no end. And we were like, oh, sick. Which way did you pop out? Figgy or regular? And he was like confused, pop out? I didn't. <laughs> so I guess like, you know, he got the switch crooks. It just wasn't a make. <laughs> Hell yeah, that's a massive bunt. Perfect. Chico, legend. Man, we got to get him on the pod too. But uh, what's the last new trick you learned? Shit. Just kind of like doing my shit, trying to maintain my shit. <laughs> <laughs> what, what, what's the last new trick you relearned? Oh, yeah. relearned? Yeah, yeah. Relearned. I mean, I was trying to do, I, I just relearned and I want to refilm like a kick kickflip tail to like 270 out i hadn't Ooh. done that in a long time so i just i did one like recently and i'm 
psyched on. Damn. That's relearning that's though, because I probably only yeah. did it like <laughs> once before on film or something, you know. Dude, you did so. the coolest one in North too. Yeah. Oh yeah, the piv, the piv, the pivy around. Yeah, but you just like styled it out like that was a sick clip. I really like that. Mm-hmm. I like it now, but at the time it was like it, it wasn't even like usable. <laughs> it was like no, you pivoted, yeah. you pivoted it like. <laughs> dream job after skating um i think like what i'm doing now you know like i get to like like design and work in shoes like it's something i'm interested in so it's a dream job i don't i don't consider it a job you know it's it's something i like to do so hell yeah that's awesome love to hear that favorite local brand fun live oh yeah Yeah. that might be a first ever Send me a box. Let's go. <laughs> oh, shit. Favorite local skater? I like Spencer Hamilton. Oh, yeah. yeah. New yeah. Balance family. Yeah. I like Spencer. Big boss. What's the one sponsor you regret riding for? Yeah, I tried I tried to like, I'd rather like not have stuff and not, you know what I mean? Like, just mm-hmm. like not do it. Yeah. There's no monster trucks on your resume. No. <laughs> no. <laughs> <laughs> um favorite teammate ever i mean they're all like it's it's hard because like everyone was like it's like a family everyone's like best friends um so i mean i'd have to say rick howard because he's on multiple teams mm-hmm. you know so yeah worst teammate ever i guess Sheffy, worst and best <laughs> right <laughs> yeah you need him there but he's sometimes he's worse sometimes he's the best that was yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Worst company. We already talked about it. Bitch, for sure. Worst company. <laughs> That's an easy one. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Nice try, man. Worst trend. I think maybe like Goofy Boy when it got like super extreme. Like super, you know. What was that? It was just like the biggest of big pants and shirt. It oh. went like all the way like just to like... There was a guy in Big Brother and they called him Goofy Boy. It was like... <laughs> That was like the pinnacle of the time. It just went baggy, baggy, and it just went to like ridiculous. Goofy. <laughs> I feel like that's coming back a little bit. It is coming back, but there's like, it's tailored a bit. Like, it's not quite that. Like, it's right, this yeah. is like, this is like clown shit. <laughs> <laughs> Worst style. I just, I never liked like the, you know, wearing girls' jeans, like, you know. <laughs> skinny jeans like that to me is like the worst stuff <laughs> goofy boy and skinny jeans somewhere yeah. in the middle yeah, yeah somewhere yeah. in the middle is like where I try and live don't change too much last person you want on the sesh I think the last person you want on a skate session is that dude that rolls up and is trying exactly what you're trying <laughs> this is so annoying and he does uh, it before you that's gotta be the worst man <laughs> All right, y'all. That's going to wrap up our interview with Tony. Man, we can't thank you enough. Had a certified ghost legend in the building today. And uh, it was a hell of a time. Thanks for having me, guys. That was fun. Hell yeah, man. Good luck with everything Roan going forward, too, man. Thanks again. Mm -hmm. Thank you. You guys, too.
to the post office brought to you by our good friends over at Dickie Skateboarding. Quality workwear since 1922. From the work site to the streets, ain't nobody keep you fitted like Dickies. All right, Ghost, who we got up first? You've got mail. All right, first up, we got a voice note from Anonymous. Let's take a listen. What up, you fuckers? This is straight from Ottawa, Ontario, motherfucker. I just want to say what's up. Y'all are killing it. Hell yeah. Alright. Peace. What? Was that it? <laughs> That's it, dog. Legend. Uh, respect, Anonymous. Alright, next up, we've got a voice note from Scott Cardiganer's cousin, Ludacris. Said he wanted him to forward this in. Let's take a listen. Hey guys, Cousin Lucretius here. Okay, so if you do a back 180 fakie manny, 180 out, does it count? If you do a frontside half cab nose manny, 180 out, does it count? See, I think you need to show you have control, so just do a nudge out. 180 out doesn't count. Um, Richard Angelides does nolly back heel fakie manny, and then he turns. What the fuck? I don't know where I'm going, but I don't know where I've been. That shit doesn't count. That shit's illegal. What do you think? Cousin Lucretius out. Holy shit, Cousin Lucretius. <laughs> oh, shit, man. We need more voice memos like that. Shout out to you. We got a new character up in the post office, eh? Hey, I hear what you're saying. It takes a little bit less control to do the full 360. Sometimes it makes it a little bit easier, but I'm not going to go as far as saying it doesn't count. It's, it's, it's still a goal for me, but I hear what you're saying. A lot harder to come out straight when you 180 into manuals. Yeah, for sure. Sometimes you even see people turn slightly early. You know what I mean? Like, I'm trying to remember. I think Beeble did like, fuck, what did he do? something and then he turned i think it was on pier seven and then he like did his half cab like before he was even kind of off the ledge but like close enough that you kind of give him a pass you know what i mean and then when mm -hmm. people do the 360s out but they're actually just like half cab still in the manny and then a quick 180 you know like Yo, the none of those fucking count then those manny nollie cabs <laughs> yeah you know who's the best at staying straight bobby always like 180s in and keeps them shoulders straight no 180 out yeah uh but yeah i agree with donald it's not illegal the richard angelitas one though i feel like he might have turned early i can't remember though but we definitely get what you're saying cousin cousin lucretius man yeah you get bonus a little bit points. easier a little yeah. bit easier you get bonus points if you can stay straight but <clears throat> if you have cab out it's not the end of the world damn this man had no fear to come out a legend like richard angelitas too eh Whew. pulled that name out of left field all right, next up, we got a voice note from Sam Thomas. Let's see what's good. Yo, what's up, bump boys? This is Sam from uh, Lawrence, Kansas. Uh, I have a, I have much less of a uh, question than a request. I was just listening to the Lost Post Office video, and a homie recommended doing an illegal trick bracket. I think it would be cool if, like, you did that, but, like, 
you get people doing illegal tricks, but like doing them really well. Like, you know, someone doing a willy grind, but like they make it look good. So it's harder to, for people to hate on it. I mean, I don't know if you can make like a fly out Benihana look good, but maybe you can try. I think that'd be cool. Peace. Man, not a bad idea. There are legends out there that have made illegal tricks look good. And I bet you we could pull a fucking bracket together for that, man. But we got our eyes set on one more bracket before we start going off. We got uh, we got work to do on the big one, man. Yeah, shit. We got to sit down with uh, our board of advisors and uh, get these trays organized. Man, it's going to be tough, but it's going to be fun. The controversy is going to be crazy. But yeah, we'll do the illegal one at some point. Yeah, one trick that I actually saw someone do recently that I actually was wanting to discuss with you about potentially becoming illegal, which isn't a very prominent trick, but I actually hate seeing people nolly out of 50-50s. <laughs> Especially a backside 50-50. Like, <laughs> I know you want to put a little something extra on your 50-50s, but dog, don't nolly out, please. Yeah, no, that's useless. <clears throat> I remember I filmed one one time at Dunbat. Oh, so kooky. But I can't remember if I was doing it on purpose or if I was trying to kick back nose grind because that happens a lot. You know, when that I get. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I'm with you. Morgan's new thing. Have you seen Morgan? Like, you know, when you're like too good at skating that like a 50 50 is boring, you got to like add a little flair to it somehow. Mm-hmm. Like, there's so many ways to like do it just effortless or whatever. Morgan's new thing I'm like damn you're just that good and bored with 50s that you gotta do it like this he like lets his front of his board like bash on the way out oh yeah I've seen it I'm like it looks so bad it looks cause it's like something that someone that's just learning how to skate with no control would accidentally do where yeah. you come off the end of the ledge and like the middle of your board like hits the ledge on the way out but Morgan's like doing it on purpose I'm like nah nah that ain't it dog <laughs> All right, next up, we've got an email from Dominic Sargoni. Yes, Bump Boys, I'm loving the podcast, having recently been made aware of you guys by a friend's recommendation. It's fun to unwind in the evenings with a podcast that makes me feel as though I'm skate chatting with a group of homies. I also really appreciate the respect you put on the UK scene. Personally, it's nice to see UK heads featuring on a regular basis. You guys also promote the Noble Causes Parade World. Big up all the independent shops on there, especially 5050 store in Bristol. I'm also writing for you to beg for another UK interview. Someone like Harry Lintel, Charlie Monroe, Barney Page, or whomever you deem worthy enough. Thanks again, legends. Peace. Dominic, right before we started this interview, we were actually talking about who we're going to go after in the UK next, man. Those UK heads are they're hard ones to get on the show, man. Let me tell you. Yeah, we've been trying to get some bosses. It's not it's not about us deeming them worthy. It's about them agreeing to do the pod. Because trust me, everyone you named, we're down to have on. You feel me? If you got the plug, if you got the number, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> Hook us up. Yes, sir. All right, next up, we got an email from Joel Wright. Yo, love the show. Hope you guys are well. When I started listening, I would just choose skaters I know, like. But I think I've almost listened to every episode now. Might still be one or two I've missed. Thanks for doing what y'all do. Killing the game. Much appreciation from Australia. 
after listening to the LD episode, my question is, have either of you caught the golf bug yet? How was Seifa's big Vancouver golf trip? I've just turned 31 and have been playing a bit recently. Yo, that, that Vancouver trip was amazing. First time playing golf, and I definitely caught the bug when I was in Miami a couple weeks ago. You know your boy had to go fucking smack some balls, you feel me? A lot of like... Uh, what do you call like a six bogey like you know what i'm saying <laughs> i was uh bogeying the fuck out of many holes but if you just get that one par for me one or two on the day it's good enough to keep that spark alive to try and get better next time so definitely got the golf bug yeah sir isn't it crazy to have someone you've never even met ask about your vancouver golf trip man <laughs> what, what a what a trip <laughs> Yeah, we're trying to get... I haven't played with Donald yet, mostly because it's been winter since I started playing, but Donald... We'll have to make a video. We have to we have to get Donald back in this in the mix this summer. Dude, I might have to dust my golf clubs off, man. I was actually supposed to revamp my golf career last summer. I had set up a round. Uh, I hadn't been in a couple years just because I just have kind of gotten over it. And... Um, yeah, I was supposed to go last summer, and unfortunately, my son got sick, so I had to skip the round, and that was the only time, so it's been a whole other year, so I'm going to be like a brand new golfer again, too, man. Let's go. Fuck. Yeah. <clears throat> it's it's around the corner for us, though. 14 degrees Celsius up here on Thursday, baby. Let's go. Times yeah. are changing, man. Bro, you know that now that I'm in the golf mix, I'm just going to be forcing everyone to go way more than they probably would, because I'm still in the early stages of excitement. Before well, there's I a lot of there's a yeah there's a lot of homies that love it though you have your Simon Dishers and your your Sixers out there more often than not that's for sure can't wait <clears throat> but uh, all right shout to shout shout to Joel man checking in on my golf <laughs> life that's what's up all right next up we've got a voice note from Peter Morris let's take a listen hey it's Peter from Michigan. I love the podcast. Thank you guys for doing it. I have two questions for you. Number one is when you're on a trip or whatever, you're limited in your options and you have to choose a fast food place, what what do you go with? Like, what are you hoping to be able to eat? For me, I definitely am looking for a Taco Bell, trying to slug back some bean burritos if it comes down to, uh, you know, fast food options um so yeah i would love to know for each of you guys which what's your go-to if you got to do something like that my next question is what generic trick impresses you like you know just basic like kickflip shove it 180 of all those for me i gotta say it's the fakie front shove for some reason that's the hardest of the shove it's for me and when people pop them high or do them down something I am always impressed, and I would love to know what somewhat generic trick that you guys uh, find yourself enjoying in a video. All right, that's it. Thank you. Love you guys. Peace. Hell yeah, okay, Peter. Okay. That's some fucking... I don't think we've hit either of these questions before, which is rare going into year six of the podcast, hitting us with some brand new questions. Big shouts out to Peter, man. We might need to get you some bunt sunglasses or something <laughs> uh, you had no idea where you were going with that when you started saying uh, let's take him uh, out for a round of golf too if we can um 
Peter, um, fast food. Yo, dude, when I was younger, I used to love fast food. I've gotten a little bit better at not eating it so much in my older age because, you know, you get thick quick, let me tell you. Um, but I got two answers for this. I don't eat fast food at home anymore because there's too many other options. But when I'm on the road, specifically in Miami, I'm going to Checkers at least once. Love oh. some Checkers. This is as grimy as it gets, and I love it all. The dollar menu, absolutely insane. I remember one of the first times in Miami, our boy John Gaby, shout out the legend, got a promotion at work and bought everything on the Checkers menu for the homies. One of everything. Brought it home. Let's go. <laughs> and then if I'm in Europe, it's Burger King. Believe it or not, fine food over in Europe. Burger King, man. They do it right. Shout out. Um, <laughs> I'm losing it a bit here. You want to answer the fast food question quick before we keep going? My man lost his mind on some food poisoning the other day. Still feeling the effects. Dude, that it was... Wasn't, yeah, it wasn't still, fast food, though. <laughs> I'm still dying from that shit, though. Fucking sushi got me good. You going to take out Peter for, like, a, a fancy fast food dinner or something, too? Not in Canada, but if we're in Europe. <laughs> Treat him to a fucking Whopper Jr., maybe. Uh, Okay, so I... I mostly stopped eating fast food in grade 12. Like, I haven't had meat from McDonald's, Wendy's, Burger King, or Harvey's since I was fucking 17. But in those days, Wendy's was my go-to. Oh, my God. Yeah. Love me some Wendy's. These days, uh, the only one that I really eat, and I'm, like, happy and mad at Aiden for putting me onto it because I find myself, like, addicted. And they're also taking over the world, seemingly. Oh, no. It's Popeyes, Don't tell man. me. <laughs> Bro, Popeyes. It's grimy as it fucking, gets. I got food poisoning from there one time, too. <laughs> the spicy chicken sandwich, man. Oh, my God. Can't yeah, get enough of those. Up. Yo, I, like, get off the plane in Puerto Rico, and there's a Popeyes in the airport, man. Like, they're actually it? everywhere. It's fucked. No, I didn't hit it, but it's... It's just crazy how much they're blowing up, but at least I enjoy it. So, yeah. dude, yeah. I actually ordered Popeyes to the hospital the night my son was born. <laughs> Let's go. Met the Uberman downstairs. My old yeah. lady and my son That's crashed so immediately, sick. and it was Thursday night football. It was the Browns versus someone. I had Jarvis Landry going. He got a touchdown that game, but I ordered Popeyes, ate it by myself. What up? Oh my god. Um, as far as. <laughs> A basic trick that, um, what did he say? A basic trick that uh, impresses me has got to be the front shove, man. When people have a nice, clean front shove, I've always struggled with a regular front shove. I got a little bit better at them this winter. Still not good. But when you do a really nice, smooth, popped front shove, that's the one for me. And if you want to take it even a step further, varial heel is all, something I'll, I'll never understand. So front shove and varial heel for me. Word, yeah. Also camp front shove it's very annoying cuts you off from so many dope looking tricks like front shove back nose grinds <clears throat> i'm gonna just go with a like a clean straight nollie flip mm. like i love that like chima oh damn i impress part. you on the regs <laughs> uh i'm talking more like you know you throw like a, a beautiful nollie flip down like a grass gap or something that always oh, shit. Uh, that is far from me. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, no, flat ground too. You do impress me with your when you pop a good one. 
Yeah, Nolly Flip, man. Thanks for the email. It had us thinking quite a bit there, Peter. Maybe we'll send you a million dollars too for, for that. <laughs> that was enjoyable. <laughs> oh. All right, next up, we got a voice note from Jamal Jones. Let's take a listen. What up, boys? It's your man. Jay Jones, D. Jones' long-lost black cousin. You're out here. I'm out here. Hailing from Gilbert Crockett Country, Richmond, Virginia. Shout out, venue, skate shop. I. here's my question. So, out of all of the sports that you watch, I'm one of those dudes who skips the post office real talk because you don't watch my sport, soccer. So, football, as I might really say it. So, here's my question. My question is, if you could add just one more sport to your incredible cornucopia plethora that you watch and follow, what sport would it be and what would be the one team that you with? Thank you for the goodness that you bring to the homies every week. Appreciate y'all. Wow. Jay Jones, man. My cousin, uh, dog. Damn, man. You never introduced me to Jay Jones. He sounds like a legend, bro. Well, so we got to visit the man down, down in Virginia. We got, we got family down there, bro. Hell yeah. Yo, that's a sick question, too. We've never had that one. Um... Do you have an answer? This one's tough because right now I'm working on uh, on site with a bunch of guys who are huge football fans. One of them's a Manchester United fan. The other's a Liverpool fan. And the last one's an Arsenal fan. And where they talk about it all the time. And they've made me choose a football team. Mm-hmm. Obviously, I couldn't choose one of theirs. And the team that's in first place right now in the Premier League is... Uh, Manchester City and they're fucking steezy as hell. They got this guy on the team, Phil Foden, who's just he's gonna be the goat. But I, they won't let me choose the first place team. But obviously, like that's who I want to cheer for. So mm-hmm. they made me choose another. So I've kind of chosen Chelsea, who's they're doing okay. So like I kind of like the culture of football. Like it's a big rivalry between the three of them. But honestly, I would probably choose golf if I could, just because mm-hmm. like. It's a senior sport where I'm about to become a senior citizen. Like, I got to get into it. <laughs> oh, I like that. I didn't even think, I didn't even factor golf in. For me, he said sport, so I was going to cheat and just say college basketball. Cause, um, oh, that's fine, because people ask us about that all the time. Yeah, like, it's, like, he said sport, so I want to pick something other than basketball. But, like, as far as, like, leagues, the next thing that I would probably try and tackle would be um ncaa basketball but if we're talking about a completely new sport fuck i don't really have any temptation to watch i feel like tennis would be your next one to dive right into uh i love playing tennis actually you know i do love i like watching it too but i know there's the odd matchups where you're fucking in love yeah but i'm a i'm a federer guy uh, but he's on the he hasn't won a big thing in a while and it's just like seems less and less likely the older he gets but he is like defeating father time over and over legend uh i'll just say golf too man fuck it you start studying these man's swings all right y'all 
That's going to wrap up the post office for this week. Bare voice notes in this week's episode. Let's try and back it up next week with the same. You know where to hit us. TheBuntLive at gmail.com. Let's go, baby. Melvis, man, where are you at? We need some more fucking voice notes, you dig? Anyone who listened to that shit uh, knows Melvis is a post office legend, and we need more. If you're friends with him in real life, tell him to find him. get back in the post office. Yes, sir. Fuck Ludovic Lilinga. <laughs> <laughs>This is The Rundown, the skateboard world source for sports, brought to you by the one and only Steam Whistle, Canada's premium pilsner, the only buzz. Yes, sir, you know exactly what it is. We starting in the NFL. Man, quarterback dominoes are starting to fall. And of course, it all started with the biggest crybaby in professional sports, Aaron Rodgers, man. Big legend, your boy. He's back. He's in Green Bay. Nobody ever thought he was going to leave. Just made a big stink about nothing. All worried because they drafted Jordan Love. The guy's not even going to get to sniff the field now. Probably wrecked Jordan Love's career too. Now he gets a huge payday, probably around $50 million a year. They're not going to win another Super Bowl. Like, what more does this guy want, man? I, I literally, it makes no sense. Broke up with his girlfriend. Now they're back together. Like, <laughs> it just, it never ends with this guy. Like, fuck. Bro, but this sounds personal, man. What, it, I'm just tired of the fucking headlines about Aaron Rodgers. He's, he's great regular season quarterback, but he does nothing in the playoffs. Like, they lost to the lowly San Francisco 49ers this year. Couldn't beat Jimmy Garoppolo. And we're still fucking... Everyone still cares about him. And he's torturing such a good fan base like Green Bay, who have treated him like a king since day one, when all he does is let them down in the playoffs. He wants more money, wants a better team. He's got one of the best teams in the fucking NFL. He's got Devontae Adams. Like, it, it, it makes no sense. He's the problem. Like, go out there and win the fucking game. You're the problem, man. Like, it just drives me crazy. And then you got this guy. What the fuck is the guy's name whose show he goes on every week who absolutely sucks Pat McAfee. Off. Just loves him. Yeah, McAfee. Just absolutely loves him. Everybody loves Aaron Rodgers. It's so fucking annoying to me, man. You know what? Usually when you go on rants about Aaron Rodgers, I come to his defense, but I still haven't gotten over. There? I haven't gotten over uh, that loss to the... Uh, San Francisco was just pathetic. That was, that was horrible. I mean, Jimmy G did not do shit to win that game. Like, yeah, either did yeah, Aaron. It was crazy that they scored so easily on that opening drive, and then literally just like three and outs, seemingly. You know the rest what of the was game. that pissed me off? He, like, this was the tip of the iceberg. In one of the tweets that said Aaron Rodgers agreeing to a new deal with Green Bay retirement was a real option shut the fuck up retirement was a real option like <laughs> you gotta be kidding me how do people like listen to this shit oh god whatever i'm happy for green bay and travis you're fucking stuck with them mediocrity that's what you'll get um i'm just yeah Devonte got franchise tagged right uh, well not yet i don't believe but it's bound to happen okay word well I mean, I know he probably wants a long-term deal, a fat deal, but the franchise tag, you know what I'm saying? That's a lot of money. So 
yeah it's not i'll bad. be i'll be stoked for him if he gets that fat payday <clears throat> and to keep playing with rogers because i think he's still in my opinion the best wide receiver in the league i mean obviously cooper cup did his thing but cooper had the like, best season in the league yeah yes. but if we're talking like you know over the last five years or whatever or when did he emerge? Maybe let's say over the last four years, Devontae. If we're talking been... about the whole NFL shutdown and everyone got to redraft all over, Devontae Adams can be the first wide receiver off the board. Yeah, but only if it's for one season, right? Because obviously he's older. I think he's 30, 31. So like yeah. if we're talking like one wide receiver for one season, I would yes. still take him. Absolutely. <clears throat> Quick question, if it wasn't who in a dynasty league, who who you take it? Jamar Chase or Justin Jefferson? It's got to be one of those two, no? For sure. It depends who you're... Like, if it's with their current QBs, not just, like, their raw talent. I think Justin Jefferson can play with anyone. Yeah, because, like, what Justin Jefferson's doing with Kirk Cousins is insane. <laughs> <laughs> and then, like, it's almost like Joe Burrow and Jamar Chase have, like, an unfair advantage. Because yeah. they're, they're already homies and teammates. I don't know. Who would you take? That's so But tough. didn't Justin I think- Jefferson play with Joe Burrow as well? Yeah, I think, I think that's so. the same thing. Yeah, yeah. I think imagine I would, you went to Cincy. Whew. I think I lean a little bit towards Justin Jefferson. Yeah, if I we're talking about, if but you I, we just don't know. We just from the situation. Wait, we just have the, we just have seen Jamar with Joe, so now we associate them together. So we never yeah. know. But yeah, I mean, two years in the league, seeing what Justin Jefferson has done, it's uh, that's no joke. Speaking of wide receivers, real quick, we saw a big trade. We're going to get back to the quarterback story, but we went into the wide receivers for a second. Amari Cooper, he's out of Dallas. They needed to free up some room down there in Dallas. Sent him over to Cleveland. Baker Mayfield getting himself another weapon. <laughs> um, I still have little faith in Baker Mayfield. First overall pick, I still have some faith in Baker Gets himself uh, a hell of a wide receiver in Amari Cooper. People were coming out saying he's the best route runner in the league at the time. What is the ceiling for Amari Cooper? And uh, are we going to see better days for Baker? Bro, I'm completely out on Baker. <laughs> I mean, obviously, I know he was hurt. But even, what was it, two two years ago, they made the I think playoffs he's and whatever. had all sorts of injuries, though. I mean, look at the Odell numbers and, like, whatever little section of the season he played for the Rams versus like what he did with the Browns over the last like two years. I feel bad for Amari. It's like, not only is he going to this dusty QB who loves to underthrow or overthrow everyone, but he's also, he also got traded for like a bag of chips. (laughs) Dude, like double disrespect. He got traded for a sixth. Yeah, but they got a sixth back. But they back. sent... Yeah, yeah, exactly. So, so they, they traded, traded for a fifth-round fifth pick. Who wouldn't make know, that made, trade? It, you know, it makes no sense. Why wouldn't the Dallas Patriots go to, get Cooper? Yeah. Yo, good good call. Why wouldn't That's anyone? Like, okay, did Dallas not shop this around? Did they just go to Cleveland and be like, yo, you want him for a fifth? Because I feel like anybody would take this. I know it's a bit... He has a little bit of a contract on him, right? But you make this shit work, man. Yeah, because we've seen Green Bay. Like, we're talking lesser, about it. Green Bay. We've seen yeah. We've seen lesser wide receivers get moved for like firsts or seconds. Like this was 
fuck is going on, dude? Super weird. Oh, and in the trade market, Khalil Mack leaves too for not as much as he was sent to Chicago for. And now you got Joey Bosa and Khalil Mack coming at you from San Diego. Ooh. Dude, big San Diego. That's where LA Khalil Mack. Oh, same shit, dude. Um, yeah, the LA Chargers. My apologies to, to all those Los Angeles Chargers fans. Um, <laughs> all 17 of them. Yeah. <laughs> all right, back to the quarterbacks for a second. Another big name was moved. Carson Wentz, man. Third home in three years. He's a commander now. Uh, is this good or bad for Terry McLaurin and Co.? I have no idea, man. I mean... It's probably a, a slight, slight upgrade, you know, but I've never been a Trivia, Carson who's Wentz their guy. current quarterback? Um, Taylor Heineke. Uh, nailed it. Ding, ding, ding. Well, I know that because I fucking drafted Ryan Fitzpatrick last year, for fuck's yep. sakes, and I had to watch Taylor Heineke's dust ass. Do, oh, I wouldn't even consider it doing work, but just play, for fuck's sakes. Um, yeah, I don't know. I think slight upgrade, you know. St- they still don't scare me at all. Definitely not. You know what the most like, concerning part about it all is? That Indianapolis traded away their starting quarterback, and they got no one else. <laughs> well, now they could go get Deshaun Watson, and then that would be oh, immediately how many a teams are team. But there's tons of teams that are relying on that. Like, I don't think they're going to get them. Yeah, you not. know what's crazy is... It seemed like, okay, all the chips moved around and then the, the Sean news comes out. And it's crazy how many amazing landing spots there are right now. Because he could go to Pittsburgh or the Colts and like they, they're they like immediately a contender because their teams are both better than what Watson was dealing with with the Houstons or the yeah. Texans. Could go play with a proper defense in both those cities. Some A good O-line with the Colts. You know, fucking... Yeah, I don't know. The Colts would be nasty with Deshaun. Pittsburgh, too. They need to bolster that O-line. I'd be hyped if he went to to Pittsburgh and they like got a better O-line because then I could keep what's-his-face in our league. <laughs> uh, I'm saying the, the best place for him to go would be Najee Harris. The, the best place for him to go would be still in Miami because they have a hell of a team built around uh, two of oh, their... Yeah, if they could shit. get a little bit more out of their quarterback play, they'd be a real threat. In... Besides Buffalo, a bit of a weaker division. Or he could go down to San Francisco. They're still looking for the quarterback. They're going to ship Jimmy G out, and they're going to put the ball in Trey Lance's hands. But, I mean, if Trey Lance didn't take Jimmy G's job last year, how good could he really be? Because Jimmy G was terrible. Uh, Pittsburgh's great, like you said, but their defense kind of falls off halfway through every year. They're always injured. The wide receivers are... Yeah, but yo, yo, let's put that on the offense. Yeah, like, but if they had Deshaun keeping the offense on the on the field, the defense maybe yeah that makes any team not better. be gassed. Yeah, that makes any team better. Uh, I would love to see him in San Francisco, man. It's just like a classic football team that needs to uh, get over this last hurdle and win it. They're like so close to winning a championship with no quarterback. Imagine Deshaun yeah. Watson. Like I don't like even though dude yeah that'd be if i was a great quarterback looking for a new home that's where i would go isn't it yeah no me too but isn't it crazy how many amazing options he has now especially now that like wilson and and rogers resigned those guys already moved 
like no comment on everything that he went through like obviously crazy situation but like just on a football side the fact that he's i mean maybe he'll be on the exempt list but to come back to the league and have these options it's actually insane dude <clears throat> quarterbacks are like, one thing that no lose. matter what you do the people need you man it's sad but true like uh ben roethlisberger went through all that legal trouble there were no criminal charges placed against him he didn't and he just suffered six game suspension so i would assume that there will be a small suspension for deshaun watson coming probably around the same zeke got the same six games I could see it landing something like that. And then, uh, yeah, he's back on the field. Nah, it's going to be interesting, man. And you mentioned it already. Russell Wilson wanted out last year, but was forced to stick around. Now he's on his way to Denver, man. What do you think? I mean, fuck. Denver, they got a good team. They what? They sent Fant and a bunch of picks. Um, they sent I feel a like he, boatload of picks. Yeah, yeah. That's going to be an interesting one to revisit in like three or four years. Like, did Denver win a Super Bowl or go to the Super Bowl? And they then how Seattle yeah. looking on the rebuild? Because I, I, I heard a stat. It was like the last X amount of years or like the last like 40-something guys they drafted, only one player became all pro. Like, they're not, <laughs> they're not the best at drafting there. Um I also feel bad for our boys DK and Lockett, man. Yeah, I feel like Fucking one or Drew two Lock of them right now will be shipped out. Like I can see Lockett leaving. Yeah, and imagine just watching DK. No, like, I don't want to, man. And Drew Lock. <laughs> DK might force his way out a year or two. Yeah. <clears throat> but I don't like. But man, if the, I'm the Russell NFC Wilson, is that AFC where you really wanted crazy. to land? Is that where you wanted to land for Russell Wilson? Is Denver the landing spot you wanted? I don't think so. Like, wasn't his list like, um, like Vegas, we just went over the Chicago. guys, the teams where he should have wanted to land to end up in Denver? I mean, doesn't seem ideal. Yeah, and wasn't the whole thing like Ciara wanted to like be in a bigger market? So like, Denver oh is Denver that place? I don't think so, man. It'll be well, cool, well, though. Yeah. <clears throat> They've got some weapons. Jerry Judy, we'll see what his, like, potential is now. He might be a fucking stud. And then uh, Javante Williams. Yeah, he's already a stud. If, he can get, if they can get fucking Melvin Gordon out of the way. Yeah, it'll be an interesting one, but I'm, I'm ready. I'm hyped for the rest of the quarterback carousel man see where deshaun lands that's the last one man let's see where deshaun watson lands in that team immediately becoming a contender see if it's if it's magic has some magic left in him <laughs> he'll end up as a backup somewhere for sure end up taking over four games into the season then losing yeah, the for job Drew again, Lock. and then regaining the job again it'll be uh, it'll be a battle that's for sure you never want fitzpatrick behind you on the quarterback depth chart <laughs> All right, let's wrap this up with a little bit of talk about the game we were all waiting for. The Brooklyn Nets, the Philadelphia 76ers, two Titans in the Eastern Conference of the NBA, not in the standings, but in our minds. They went toe-to-toe. -to -toe. 
And Kyrie <laughs> and KD gave them the goddamn business, man. James Harden, nowhere to be found until the after party in the club, man. Okay, so I feel like that trade was like there was two camps. The the camp that believes in Harden and was like, are you kidding me? Uh, Philly won the trade. Harden's like a generational talent. You have no clue what you're getting out of Ben Simmons. And I was just not on that side. For me, I was like looking at the big picture. I'm like, okay, assuming Ben Simmons comes back at some point and he's even, you know, 75% of what he was for this year, I thought they won the trade big time because they the biggest the most glaring thing in that game was philly has no depth and like yeah they, they gave won it all a bunch up. of games since heart yeah they had no depth and they just gave the depth to them like they smacked them and this is still with ben simmons not playing they needed a big we've talked about that they needed another shooter with joe harris out for the season like seth curry is not a scrub man he's a fucking hell no he's they got everything he's, they needed in the one trade yeah, Seth Curry's fourth all-time in, in three-point percentage. Like, they got exactly what they needed, and then Ben Simmons is just going to be the cherry on top when he comes back. That's what I'm uh, saying. For, like, Team Fitz, even without seeing Ben Simmons so far, it's been a great trade for the Brooklyn Nets, man. Yeah, and then what What I always what always scared me for Philly was, like, okay, who, like your depth is just depleted like tobias harris is probably the robbing the league the most we talked about that too like he's yeah. making so much money to look like a mediocre ass like 15 16 points per game kind of guy since the trade happened like i have him in fantasy so i see his stat lines like eight points one night like 14 the next you're just like whoa how much money do you make and then tyrese maxi kind of it was almost like that game was was too gnarly for him he i think he was like four for ten or something um and then off the bench it's like they just have nothing left man they got no depth deandre jordan like he's washed up as fuck <clears throat> uh and drummond starting over there is like putting up numbers i don't know i think philly come playoffs i'm worried obviously james harden with his history in the playoffs too and and doc rivers with his history in the playoffs um I, I'm kind of scared for Embiid because I always root for him, but um, yeah, Brooklyn's gonna sneak into that seven or eight seed and <laughs> shit They're on gonna someone. Knock someone round. off. I've gone yeah. on record always as being a KD hater because switching to the Golden State Warriors at the time was one of the lowest moves in sports history. But one thing I'll say about the guy is he empowers you as a teammate. Usually, when Andre Drummond goes up against Joel Embiid, he is not ready. Mentally, he just <laughs> is beaten down before he gets out there. Joel Embiid will get in his head. But to have a guy like KD go at Embiid like that, it just empowers you. And you could see Drummond played a different game than he ever has. You know, like he went up and blocked Embiid and I, I, I almost yeah. fell off my chair, man. Like <laughs> when, when he was in Detroit, he would have never dared try to block Joel Embiid. So he'll do the same for Ben Simmons as well. And with Kyrie and KD, Ben Simmons, it's going to be very rare that he needs to take a shot. So he's going to be right at home, man. Yeah, well, you see what, what came out a couple days after the game? After right. getting smacked the fuck out, um, Doc Rivers comes out saying like they're going to start resting Harden and Embiid like, down the stretch. Uh, A.K.A. trying to avoid a top two seed. A.K.A. trying to avoid getting destroyed. Oh, they better by brooklyn in the first round 
Dude, there were at least in the first two quarters, the first five shots that Kevin Durant took didn't even hit the mesh. Yeah. Like I've never seeing a stroke like that is just scary, man. Yeah, no. If I feel you on what you said about all your, all his teammates feel empowered because when you got the seven foot slim reaper, <laughs> fucking just he's just a cheat code in basketball when he's on your team and he's all like snarling and like beefing with Embiid. Oh, yeah. That shit was that was amazing. But you see when a beat that was Embiid great. TV. laid him out. Oh when yeah, he put his shoulder into him. And then he got up and they were talking shit. That was, it sucks. The game was like such a blowout blowout, because the first quarter. Harden didn't hit any shots, man. If Harden was hitting shots and that game went well into like the third, fourth quarter of being competitive, that would have been great TV, man. That's what we need in a playoff series. But like you, I don't want to see that in the first or second round, man. I want to see that like conference finals, conference semis at the earliest, you know? Yeah, for sure. The Eastern Conference is going to be. A fucking barn burner this year for sure. Can't wait. Yeah. <clears throat> all right, y'all. That's going to wrap up the rundown and this week's episode of The Bunt. Thank you all for tuning in as usual. Catch y'all next week. Peace. Peace.